It's the Braver Podcast, episode five. Welcome to the Braver Podcast, the podcast that's focused on helping real estate business owners to transition from doing it all themselves to building a true business that creates freedom for them. Each week, we grow braver together by focusing on facing the fears and what we're avoiding to grow to the next level. If you want to hear more about building a true business, getting motivation and encouragement, leadership, spirituality, and growing braver, you found the right podcast. Thanks for listening. Let's get started. I didn't provide her with a dialer. I didn't provide her with a quality call list. I didn't provide her with a CRM. I didn't provide her with basically any tools. I just sent her an Excel spreadsheet and said, start making calls. So as you can hear from that clip, Shane really didn't prepare his hire for success. And so we're going to dig into that during this episode, see what was going on there and what changes he's making in order to uh, learn from that and make sure he doesn't repeat that mistake. And before we get started, I want to say that this episode is brought to you by Forefront CRM. That's our software system for real estate investors. And, you know, if you haven't checked that out, head over to ForefrontCRM.com. If you want a simple to use but powerful CRM system to keep track of your leads, do automated follow-up, make sure nothing slips through the cracks. And if you want to check it out, it's really different than every other real estate investor CRM out there because our main focus is the visual aspect of it, the drag and drop visual aspect of the whole thing where you see where all of your leads are and deals are at a glance. And then we have a color coding algorithm to show you what needs attention right now. It's a very cool way to see it. If you haven't checked it out yet, ForefrontCRM.com. Go check it out. Let's get into the show where we talk with Shane Hakala, and he's a real estate investor, Marine Corps veteran, surviving me podcast host, amongst other things. So let's just jump right in. Enjoy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast today. I got Shane Hakala on and been looking forward to talking to him. He actually uh, volunteered to, to be on the show, and I'm, I'm glad he did. I've, I've known Shane for, for years through uh, the different things that, that I've done online and, and Shane seems like that name, every time I see it, I remember it from, uh, from years past. And so it's really cool to be able to, to have him on the show to share with everybody kind of what he's been up to and uh, what he's been working through. And, and I can't wait to, to dig into that. So welcome to the show, Shane. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Yeah, man. Um, but like normal, let's start with how'd you get started in real estate? What got you fired up about it and uh, share your story up to this point? Well, I'm a United States Marine Corps veteran. And when I got out of the Marines, I really didn't have a footing. I didn't have a foundation. I didn't know what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. Up to that point, I had been a teenager and a Marine, and that's it. So I, um, I started going around and bouncing around from job to job to job. And I ended up landing a job as, I call it a, um, a gopher, Shane gopher this, Shane gopher that with a real estate investor who he was primarily a fix and flip guy here local to me and I was helping him with his projects and I was doing you know just little eyeball side jobs for him and everything well one day a project that he had me helping him on he asked me to go down to the title company pick up the check for it and I seen how much he was making versus how much I was making and so I just went to him and I was just like hey um you know, this is really cool that you're doing this and everything. Would you teach me a little bit about how you do it and what you do? Oh, yeah, sure, Shane, not a problem. Then he stopped calling me. So I'd worked with him for yeah. four years. Yeah. And all of a sudden, out of the blue, he just stopped, talk, stopped calling me. So after four years, I was basically found, found myself unemployed. I went out, found a new J-O-B. And that was actually Greyhound Bus Lines. I worked there for about 15 years when I was all of a sudden let go. They had a reduction of workforce, things were being reorganized and my position wasn't needed no more. So they let me go. So I found myself unemployed again, not sure what I was gonna do. And a lot of my um, PTSD struggles started kicking back in from my time in the Marines during that period. Cause I'd lost, it's like, I'd lost my unit again. 
I'd lost that 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 uh, atmosphere. And so I kind of struggled a little bit. My wife came back up to me and she's like, you've always said you wanted to get back into real estate investing. Why don't you do it? So I was like, sure, why not? So that would have, yeah. So that would have been um, April of 2015 that she made that suggestion to me. And I just dived in. I started listening to podcasts, you know, looking through all the YouTube stuff. And I discovered that I needed to, I needed more than just podcasts. I needed more than just the YouTube stuff. I needed, I needed that team atmosphere. So I started joining different um, mentorship groups and going to different events, live events and stuff like that and meeting people. And I learned more doing that than I had any other way. Nice. I'd, I'd gone through at one point, I paid $30,000 for real estate investing training. And real, realistically, the only thing I got of that, out of that was how to increase my credit card debt. <laughs> you know yeah and so clearly i, mean, that's, I don't mean to laugh but i mean that's I mean, well yeah but that's but, but, yeah. i mean there's so many gurus that'll teach you that yeah you know and that's not that's not who i was that's not what i wanted and so i started networking and meeting people and talking with people and through there i learned a lot of the do's and a lot of the don'ts but like most people i still you know had my trials by fire and i still had times where i went through and I made mistakes and I had to learn from them. And some of them were costly and some of them were just painful. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, going through and making the mistakes, even with help, even with being part of groups, you know, don't, don't you feel like that's, that's needed to know even what to ask or where to get help from people. Like you have to be making mistakes. Yeah. Doing things that are unknown. Yeah, get the most use out of those, right? Right. One of the things that a lot of people that I've I've networked with have gone over with me is that you don't know what you don't know, and yeah. sometimes to learn what you don't know, it has to be that painful lesson. And if you learn that painful lesson, it sticks and sticks with you a little bit more, and so you can you can grow more. You, I, I'm a firm believer, and you grow more from your failures than you do from your successes. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and the people that haven't maybe haven't uh, experienced the big failure yet. <laughs> it was probably yeah. coming. But um, and not you yeah. know not to be to be mean or, or jealous or anything, but you know that's that's just life. Life. Yeah. What is your primary investment strategy? Right now, I am doing kind of a combination of wholesaling and fix and flips. When I uh, I send my marketing out and I get everything. Any deal I get that comes across, I always send it out to my cash buyers list. But every contract I make, I perform on, whether it be I, I perform on it myself to fix and flip it, or I wholesale it out to somebody else who's going to perform. Yeah, I like that. It's smart because wholesaling and making the quick cash now, if you can, you right. know, market the way it is. And then if, yeah, if not. So where is your business currently you know, based on however you want to describe it, you know, like what roles you're playing, how many kind of deals that you're you're putting together, um, and then we're going to move into what you want it to look like within, say, 12 months. But let's start with where it's at right now. So right now, I'm kind of in a regrowth phase. Um, late uh, 2019, I guess it was, actually, I went out and I started trying to build my team up. and that was an epic failure. And it was a failure on multiple levels. I thought I knew what I needed, what I was looking for, but I didn't translate it into expectations properly. I didn't execute with the right tools, the right follow-up. And I, one of, one of the terms um, a lot of people tell me is be slow to hire and fast to fire. And I kind of did it a little bit backwards. I was a little bit faster on the hire and a little bit slower on the fire. And that and it cost me. But not only did I learn that lesson, but I also learned that no matter how good somebody is, if you're not giving them the right training and setting your expectations with them properly, it's gonna fail. 
and then of course you've got the tools you know if you're not giving them the right tools it's it's not going to work you know i call i my hire was i was hiring somebody to specifically do cold calls for me and i really did i gave them a script but it was just a generic script it wasn't anything that they could create a flowing conversation with but i also didn't provide them with any type of a dialer they had they were literally dialing the phone directly off their phone Oh, and yeah. and so you know they're only getting in a seven hour shift i think they were getting somewhere in the neighborhood of about 70 calls mm. you know and that's just for what you're paying them versus that kind of return that return's just not there yeah yeah you know so i so i had that lesson in 2019 late 2019 so i was going into 2020 you know trying rebuilding it basically and i was a one-man show again I decided I was going to put all that on hold and analyze it and study it and figure out what I did wrong. So when I was ready to do it again, I could do it better. So I went out and 2020, as we all know, COVID hit and put everybody in isolation and everything. And as a Marine vet who works better in a team atmosphere, that isolation really broke me down and it, it really locked me up inside. My depression went high, my PTSD was triggered, which triggers anxiety, depression, all that kind of stuff. And I, I literally, I shut down and balled up into a corner for lack of a better word. And towards the end of 2020, towards, well, I guess February, 2021, I finally started coming out of that bubble a little bit going, nobody's going to drag me out of this but me yeah so i dragged myself out i started ramping up my marketing again and i went from 2020 i did two deals to where i've actively got one two three four five six seven deals active right now nice nice you know and i'm now getting back to that point again where it's I have to decide what am I going to do today? Am I going to concentrate on my lead generation or am I going to concentrate on the actual work that I've already got? Right. And so those are things that I, those are things that I'm trying to still sort out and everything like that. And if you want to know, you know, six months to a year from now, I plan on having a couple of people that can actually, should I say, keep the pipeline filled while I'm dealing with stuff that's coming out of the pipeline. Right. Nice. Yeah. So, and, and I've been meaning to tell you, thank you for your service. I mean, for sure. Yeah. Thank you. And yeah, that's no joke going through of that and, and, uh, and having to, you know, experience what, what you've experienced, what you explained, because we did talk about it a little bit before the episode and, uh, you know, the world's been turned upside down and then to trigger something like that, you know, I couldn't imagine what that was like for you to, mm you know, to, to uh, try to turn that around and, and claw your way back up into, you know, being productive into what you want to do and being excited about things again. So, I mean, it's yeah. awesome and that you're here now telling all of us about, you know, having all of these deals already going and uh, looking to grow and just having that positive outlook. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that really kind of helped me break out of that funk was, through the Veterans Administration, I did sign up for some um, some uh, CBT, CPTI type trainings, and I've successfully completed those. But through those trainings, one of the things that was highly recommended to me was to go back and review uh, my podcast that I actually do with Don Costa called Surviving Me. And it's it's not real estate related. It's all about the battles that veterans like myself actually go through, not only on the battlefield, but when we get back home and those PTSD struggles and stuff like that. And going back and listening to some of those stories that we'd already gone through, you know, that kind of helped start breaking me back out of that as well. It kind of, should I say, it opened the door. I just needed to start walking through it at that point. Yeah, yeah, no, that's awesome. Um, explain a little bit for, for everybody listening what what that that podcast, the, the structure of it is, because I'd like for everybody to know about it to go and check it out because it's a, definitely a very positive yeah so it is um it's called surviving me and it's it's veterans it's myself don costa and a veteran getting on there and talking about 
their struggles, what caused their PTSD or what it's caused for them because of their PTSD or their, their service time. What kind of addictions does it have and things like that? And then what have they, what are they doing to overcome those obstacles? Um, one episode in specific that I really like to mention is um, I call her the six clicks. And she's a, um, a lady that was a uh, service member who her PTSD was causing her family issues. She didn't think she had a problem. She didn't think she had an issue, but she could tell that her family was having issues with who she had become. And so she was, she was to the point she was ready to commit suicide, not because she was suicidal, but because she wanted to end her family suffering. And so she went out and she got her, her nine mil, went into a closet, and she pulled the trigger and got click. She did that, replaced the ammo, cleaned the gun, went in again, click. She went through that process six times. And after six times, she dropped the gun and just started bawling. Wow. And she's like, she's just like, clearly, there's a reason why this isn't working. And so she put it away and she went out, she seeked treatment and help. And now she actually is an advocate for veterans out in Northern California. Nice. She took that firearm two weeks after this out to the range with the exact same ammo that was still in the chamber. She'd never pulled, pulled it apart and she pulled the trigger and it, sh it shot and fired at a target. Wow. But when she had it up against her head, it didn't. Oh, man. So, you know, I call her six clicks, you know, and she's she is probably one of the hardest stories for me to listen to. But her story, the fact that she was able to actually come out of that closet going, OK, I need to figure something else out. I need to pick myself up. Her story is one of those stories that really brought me out of the, the COVID funk. Mm, nice. Well, wow, that's awesome. Um, yeah, anybody out there listening hasn't checked that out. It's uh, the Surviving Me podcast uh, with Shane and Don and uh, and a guest each week that they interview. That's that's incredible. I love that you guys are doing that. Yeah. And um, let's let's talk a little bit about your transition because you said you you hired some people and it, it kind of blew up on you. Now, yeah. this podcast is a new podcast and the focus. Uh, is to, to help anybody that's that's struggling with, okay, I'm doing everything, this is, this is okay, I'm having some success, you know, I'm, I'm generating leads, I'm doing some deals, but I, I really wanna take my business to the next level. And I wanna to hire people. And, you know, for me, whenever I was back in that position, I, I did this business with just me and, and Melissa for like nine years, I think it was, before I really started bringing people on. And I was looking at why was that? Why did I wait so long? Um, do you want to talk about where you were when you decided to hire somebody and then like go into detail about how you went about hiring them and, and what you would do differently? So when I originally hired, I hired not out of need, but out of want. And it was, I I hate making cold calls. I absolutely hate it. And when they say, you know, you need to get out of your comfort zone, that's one of the things that I have to do to get out of my comfort zone is I have to make those calls. So I sat down one day and I had closed a deal and I had some money sitting in the bank. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to apply this towards hiring somebody to, to make these calls. So I don't have to do it no more. So I started looking and everywhere, everybody wanted a ton of money to do it. Well, and I was like, where is everywhere? Well, I looked, you know, bigger pockets. I went through staffing agencies. I posted job postings out locally and everybody wanted, you know, 15 bucks an hour or more. And I'm like, okay, well, that's not going to be in my budget. I can't sustain that for an extended period of time. And I understand that you have to be able to, when it comes to anything in business, whether it's your marketing or your team building or whatever, you have to be able to sustain that without return for so long 
to one test the to test the test it to see how it works, mm -hmm. but two to give it that opportunity to kind of wrap up and, and gain its traction. Right to learn from it. Right to, to learn to, from it. Yeah. Right. What what it, did? Why were you? Did you not consider the the overseas? That's where I'm getting so to. Why didn't you? That that's where I'm getting to is I eventually ended up looking overseas, and I went through. It wasn't Upwork, but it was something similar to Upwork, and hired a lady on there. And you know, I I contacted them and and tried to find out you know what would you know what they had available, and they were able to provide me four dollars an hour for a cold caller. Okay, well. $4 an hour is, is acceptable. I can, I can work with that. I can sustain that for a while, even if it doesn't bring me a deal. So I went through and I interviewed probably about five people and hired the one that I thought was the best. Well, the only reason I hired her because I thought she was the best is really because she spoke the best English mm. out of the five. But that goes back to that whole hire, you know, hire slowly and fire quickly. I hired quickly. I'd made the decision I was going to do it. And I hired her probably within two weeks of making that initial decision that I was going to hire. Mm. And so I didn't really have a criteria on what I was looking for. I just knew I needed somebody to make calls. That's it. That's all I wanted. Well, I needed more than that. I needed somebody more than that could just speak English. And then to add, you know, salt onto that wound, I didn't provide her with a dialer. I didn't provide her with a quality call list. I didn't provide her with a CRM. I didn't provide her with basically any tools. I just sent her an Excel spreadsheet and said, start making calls. I sent her a basic script but the basic script had nothing to create a call flow. It was basically check off this box, check off this box, check off this box. And no recorded my, calls or anything. To, no recorded calls to where I could go back and review them. None of that. And for her, you didn't give her any like examples of how you handled the calls or anything like that. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't do any follow-up. I didn't do any, you know, it was just how many calls did you get done today? Oh, I got 70 done today. Okay, cool. Let's, let's shoot for 75 tomorrow. You know, where realistically I was making just and basically using the same tools that she had, I was doing easily twice that number, if not more. Mm -hmm. But part of that was because one, I think I had more drive and motivation to to make that next call, even though I hate doing it. It's I I was more vested, is probably the best way to put it. You know, she's not getting paid per call. She's getting paid per hour. So, you know, she can take that call, be on that call for 30 seconds, hang up, and she can take the next minute and a half and make notes before she even dials the next call. Yeah, yeah. So what, what would you do differently? Have you hired again? Or, I mean, have you planned out what you would do differently? If you were to do that over again, how would you set that up? I am actually in the process of considering doing it again. I'm kind of, you know, weighing my options. But one thing I know that I would do is I'd provide better tools and I would provide better training. And then not only that, make sure I could record the call so I could go back and review them with them to help provide additional training or follow up training. Mm -hmm. But also, the big thing is, is make sure that they have a reason to be in to be vested in it as much as me yeah or, or incentivize maybe with things that get more of the actual job done right not not right. hourly but you know yeah. per, per call or something and then so it's not yeah. don't waste a bunch of time trying to make notes about something that didn't matter right <clears throat> and then having yeah. those examples this is great i mean i i've made that mistake more than once <laughs> for yeah. more than different one more than one position and yeah. it, it is kind of amazing that i felt oh if i just make this higher my life will be so much better they'll just take all this off my hands and right. there was there was like no logical thinking for me as to how that was actually going to happen 
Right. You know, just like, oh, I have to do is make this higher because it's kind of like what we hear, right? Just make the higher. Well, there's right. so much more involved. There is so much more involved. And really, yes, hiring somebody takes that responsibility or that action off of your plate. But nobody ever considers what does that actually put back on your plate. And the training people and doing the follow-up process with them and, you know, making sure that they have the tools that they need and that they're utilizing those tools and all that kind of stuff. Nobody considers that. I mean, yeah, you've eliminated this, this off your plate, but all of that has been added that you'd never considered. And that's one thing that I felt that is I never considered that. Mm. Have you read any books or know of any books that you would maybe recommend about managing uh, people or management or even? Um, what is it? I have one. I just can't remember the name of it. I'll have to find it. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, basically, the yeah, the um, the book itself talks about um, a, um, talks about a guy going in to help a struggling business, and the business is a cake business, and she's a one-man show and she's trying to expand her business and she keeps failing and and she's at her at her wits end and so she brings this guy in he's kind of like a consultant to help her and he he teaches her the concepts of the um hire slow fire fast mm -hmm. and it's okay to be buddy buddy with your employees and be friendly with them but there's a difference between being friendly with them and being too friendly with them. Um, and I think that's part of where I felt before is also is because I made her my friend. Mm. And so my vested interest wasn't in her getting the calls done. My vested interest was making sure that she was taken care of as an employee. And I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm just saying that you have to have that balance. And without that balance, if you haven't swinged one way or the other, your business is going to suffer. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I want to go back to something you had talked about as far as, you know, you hiring somebody and making sure that you have the ability to sustain that, even if it doesn't produce results uh, for right. business in, in terms of revenue in a certain amount of time. So are you putting your business in a place where you're measuring things to start to see really what's happening inside of it? And if not, what what do you think you can do to, to start moving in that direction? Well, I, uh, I've gone through and I've created what I call my KPIs, my key performance indicators. And I have a KPI for almost every aspect of my business, from my mailings, my postcards, my letters, right down to my phone calls. And I actually analyze them weekly. And I'll actually sit down and say, okay, Last week, I made my phone calls on Tuesday. I got, say, 100 calls done in a couple of hours. But out of that, I only ended up actually physically speaking to like five, six people, where the week before on Thursday, I made my phone calls. I only got 70 calls made, but I had conversations with 15 people. Mm. So, that, so that KPI would indicate maybe not make my calls on Tuesdays, maybe make my calls on Thursdays. I do the same thing when it comes to my mailings. Every time I send a mailer out, I always send one to my home address and to my business address. And I do that because I wanna see what day did it hit my mailbox. Mm -hmm. And if I've got a postcard that's literally this big, that's taking and it's hitting the mailbox the same time as all the rest of the junk mail, it's probably not even getting seen. Right. So I want to get it there the day before or the day after the junk mail. And I can judge that simply by when I send a mailing out. I know I mailed it out on Monday. It hit my mailbox on Tuesday. And Wednesday was junk mail day. Right. How many leads would you say that you're generating per week or per month? I am generating probably somewhere in the neighborhood of about 15 leads a week. Nice. And out of 15 leads a week, it's it's really generating 
probably only about two or three a month of actual qualified leads, should I say. Well, yeah, and how, how are you defining qualified? They, they've got a house that they want to sell and they don't owe, uh, they, they owe low enough to where you can make a deal out of it. Is that what you mean? No, it's more of they're actually willing to actually sign the contract, sign the documentation. Oh, okay. um, yeah, I can get 15 phone calls and they're all, you know, all 15 can be, yeah, I'm really interested in hearing what you have to say. I'm really wanting to know what your, what your you know, what your offers could be. But really all they want to know is they just want to know what the value of the property is. They have no intent on selling it. They have no intent on moving it. Yeah. You know. And this is mostly from direct mail. And that's direct mail. There is some cold calling involved in there. The, um, the form of marketing that actually has given me the largest return is what I call trash canning. What is this? So I've got a stack of post-it notes that are pre-printed with basically it's like a bandit sign on a post-it note. And me and a buddy will jump in a, jump in his car and we'll go find a garbage truck and we'll follow the garbage truck. The garbage truck picks up the trash can, empties it, sits it down and moves on. We drive up to it and slap a sticky note on it. Nice. Now, I know at least 90% of those are thrown in the exact trash can that I'm putting them on. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I know this, okay? Hey, but, at least you're being thoughtful, right? Right. But the KPI shows that out of the, the phone calls I get out of there, 80% of those are better deals. 80% of those are more real are being more realistic. They they're more motivated. Awesome. And while you're so, doing that, you can also write down the ones that are vacant, right? I mean, right, exactly. Dollars while you're doing it. Drive for dollars where we're doing it. Exactly. Nice. I like that. I like that idea a lot. You and know, there's not you typically regulations against, I know you can't stick things on mailboxes, but. Right. Mailboxes you can't can. do, but trash cans, there's no regulation. Huh. Another thing I've done is uh, vacant properties. I've made a bandit sign that says, call me about this house and put my phone number on it. And a vacant house, I've gone and shoved it in their front yard. Nice. I like that one too. And that I've had three me. people call me on those. <laughs> That's awesome. That reminds me of something that, uh, I think Ron Legrand used to actually say this. I don't know if he ever did it, but he used to talk about it. You can put a for sale sign on, on a vacant house, you know, out on the front lawn, a for sale sign. And right next to the, the E on the end of sale, put a small question mark and then put your phone number. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's like, that's funny to say, but then you, you end up getting people calling one to buy it and it's not even yours. You know? Right. You got to right. deal with those calls. I, right. just did, I did that to a friend one time. Well, he was, and then it turned out he was on vacation. So I had to deal with all his friends calling and them saying, what the heck, you're moving? And, <laughs> and I was like, no, this is just a prank. It just kind of failed and backfired on me because he's on vacation. Yeah. So, anyway, but um, yeah, so, so the KPIs measuring, adjusting your marketing for that. Do you have any sort of way of setting expectations for yourself where you'll feel comfortable bringing on help or bringing on um, an acquisitions person or you know do you have it any have you know you done any thinking as far as to what that looks like before you get to that point i haven't but that is something that i probably should put in consideration beforehand you know i uh i've got my kpis as far as i want to be able to sustain somebody that i bring on and i've got my i i've created my SOP basically of what an onboarding process is going to be, what I want them to, you know, what my expectations are. And part of those expectations, I've actually got review periods in there that we are going to have a conversation daily. We're going to have a monthly review of calls or a review of performance, and then a quarterly opportunity to get a bonus. Nice. You know, you know, that that gives them that incentive that incentivizes them to perform better. But it also gives me that opportunity and it's it's given up front to actually sit down and say, look, this isn't being performed the way I anticipated it. And I can do that without being the jerk. I can do that without not being friendly. Where I think before 
where I made her my friend and stuff like that, it was, it's harder to go to somebody that's your friend and say, you're screwing up. I need you to do this differently. Yeah. And you know, that, that, that's actually, you know, a, a big idea for anybody that's not really managed people before or hired before because it is about expectations and we have an expectation in our head about what's going to get done. And if that's not clearly defined, right. even in terms of, look, this is how I'm going to measure whether you're doing good or not. This box is going to take a number that I'm going to put in here and that number needs to be a certain place. And that's just, you know, and somebody might say, well, then, you know, you, you, yeah, obviously you wouldn't approach it that way, but that's really what it is. And it's actually helpful right. for somebody because then they know, I know what I'm being, you know, asked to do and what right. my job is and how I'm going to be measured on that. Because most people want to do really well. They want to yeah. be praised. They want to, you know, show how well they did. It's just human, human nature. And then to have incentive on there, I've even heard quite a few people recently talk about giving bonuses and having incentive. And a lot of times it's not even about the financial gain oh, it's not. from the bonus. It's the challenge. Right. You, you know, know. It's like, hey, this person thinks that I'm capable of this, of stretching and doing this well. That's pretty cool. And I'm going to show them I can. Yeah. And that tells me that that leads me right into something that I did or that I'm doing with myself personally, that I am going to translate into my hiring practices is I'm going to have my short-term, my mid-term, and my long-term goals. But each one of those goals is going to have its, should I say, realistic goal. And each one of those is also going to have its stretch goal. So nice. do I expect do I expect myself or even those that work for me to make that stretch goal? No. The expectation is, is to make the goal. And if they, and however close to the, stretch goal they get, you know, has its own incentives. And I, I know people that they don't incentive with money. They incentive with trips or vacations or time off, pay time off or, yeah, you It's know. really about what the person wants, right? What they value. Right. Yeah. right. And, you know, and it's, and it's really, it takes you right back to investing 101 really is you've got to find out the person's why, why are they trying to sell? Well, why does this person want to work for you? Why are they working with you? What is their why? Well, my why is because I want to make money to go out and spend time with my family. Okay, well, how about if you get 50% of the way between your goal and your stretch goal, I'll send you, I'll send you and your family to Disneyland for a three-day vacation. You hit that goal, I'll send you guys there for a week. You know, financially, yeah, I'm incentivizing them, but I'm incentivizing them in a way that matters to them yeah because if you were to incentivize me with that i'd be like i don't i'm not interested right. you're not interested right <laughs> but anyway yeah that's uh right no that's cool yeah i mean finding and then you you know just even the act of of asking and being curious about what somebody's why is or what they carry about care about shows that that it's not just a, a transaction for you right here's some money do this work i could care less about who you are as a person right um and, you know, I'll be honest and say that in the beginning, there were times when I, I felt so busy and overwhelmed that that's kind of how I treated, uh, you know, some people that worked for me. And it's it definitely, you know, is not a, a pleasurable thing for people. Right. And, uh, you know, it feels kind of even weird for me to say, but I just want to be honest and, and right. transparent here and say that that's, you know, sometimes people are doing that and they're so busy working in the business, even with help that they don't realize that they're even doing that or, right. or being that way, or that there's another way to be, to move yeah. out of it. So I want to ask you a question about if you had something in your business right now that you feel like will require you to become braver in order to, to take on and go ahead and do what would it be? And this could be in life as well. It doesn't have to just be business. If there was a challenge that you just, you feel like you needed to, to really up, up your game a little bit. Really, it is. I really think that I need to catalog my uh, whys, but also catalog my, um, 
things outside of my comfort zone that I need that need to be accomplished. Like what? Well, cold calls would be a good example. By cataloging those, I can actually sit down and look at them and then face those head on. It's kind of like, you know, somebody who's scared of a roller coaster, how you get over it, you get on the roller coaster. But how do you know that you're even afraid of the roller coaster if you've never been on it? So by cataloging your your fears and your and your struggles and stuff like that, you can actually take and it's almost like a checklist. You can just go, all right, well, roller coasters, check, haunted houses, right. check, <laughs> you know. So, so in this business, I mean, what what do you think? Like what what is even one thing that just comes to mind that that you kind of feel like is there, you haven't paid much attention to it, and you're sort of avoiding it. Something in your business that that you, you kind of know that you need to do, but you're just finding other stuff to stay busy to avoid. The, the biggest one would be hiring. It would be it would be going back over that process. And a lot of that is is that comfort zone. A lot of it is that fear because I've done it. I've been there, done that, and I failed at it. And I don't like, as an individual, I don't like repeating things that I felt. And I think that's the way people are in general. I mean, you burn your hand on the stove, you don't want to go burn your hand again. But, you know, just because you burned your hand on the stove doesn't mean that you have to, you're going to stop cooking. You know, so you've got to approach the stove again at some point. Yeah, you got you to gotta be brave. You know, you got to be brave, you know, and so for me, that hot stove is the fact that I did fail when I hired before and that I need to overcome that, that step and approach it and, and look at it, but I need to look at it with a better set of eyes than I had before. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You learn from it and it's, you know, the feeling can be for me, at least sometimes when I've made a mistake or something's happened that didn't go as well as I'd hoped, you know, the feeling to then overcome is it's not even just the unknown anymore. It's now the known of the negative thing. Right. It's not like I'm going into hire I've never hired before. Now it's going in and saying, and, but with this, this, uh, this idea that it's going to repeat again, that it's going to be that way because that's what I experienced before and it's not necessarily the, the case. Right. Yeah, it's, it's the fear of um, it's the fear of not being sure that I learned all that I needed to learn from the previous failure. You know, a lot of the things that we've talked about, I know I need to look at better. I know I need to provide the better tools and set the better expectations and all that. But what is what is there that I don't know? What is there that I'm forgetting that I'm missing? Yeah, and there will you know? be some things, but I think. You've mentioned some some huge things that really get things going in the right direction to where you know you're setting yourself up for success this time, right. and setting the other person up for success more importantly, right? Because right, that means your success, right? Really, and that and that right there that that sums it up perfectly. I was trying to set it up for me to succeed, not for them to succeed, and really. I should have been more focused on making them succeed because their success is my success. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll let that one soak in for a little bit. You know, there was um, something also came to mind was there's atomic a book called Atomic Habits. Yeah, and one thing I really like about what he says about habits and, and, uh, you know, trying to overcome bad habits is that they're typically approached with willpower. Right. You know, and so you're just, you're, you're forcing yourself to do something different. Yeah. And he said the, the, how success happens with changing habits is that you really, because a lot of us, the reason why it's willpower and we have to will ourselves to do something different is because we see ourselves as a certain way. We have yeah. beliefs that we're fighting against that we're not really addressing. Right, exactly. And, uh, you know, he says, you got to see yourself. You got to change those beliefs to really make the difference. And the example being, you know, somebody that wants to, to get fit 
and yeah. you know they don't see themselves as that person that was ever active or or whatever and so it always feels like it's not even them when they go to do it so they got to force themselves but if they start seeing themselves as a fit athlete and, and starting to buy into that and believe that it just becomes who they are yeah and i think the same will go for for management and um you know managing people and even even being a leader i think a lot of us I want to speak for myself, at least. I mean, like leadership is kind of a scary, it's really a scary thing. Yeah, it is. I equate that with a lot of responsibility. And then, you know, life can can seem easier if we if, if we duck the responsibility somehow, some way. And I think I did that for nine or 10, 10 years and trying to run this business just ourselves and not bring on any help. That yeah. Sort of the way of avoiding that for myself. So anyway, it was, an interesting thing there. So let's move forward and and talk about you know the you you talked about stretching and, and creating goals, a realistic goal, a stretch goal. Would you mind stating one? And I'm I'm not going to call you and make sure you did it or not unless you want me <laughs> to. But you know what's one that we could leave the show with that that you would want to set for yourself that would stretch you to to do something sooner than later my stretch goal would be to have somebody hired by well let me rephrase that my stretch goal would be to have my hiring plan in place by the end of july nice i, I that, that would be my 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 stretch goal but realistically my realistic goal would be to have that plan done within the next six months Cool. Yeah. You know, you know, and that that's going to be that cataloging everything and ensuring that I've got the systems and the processes and the tools in place for that. And then part of that plan is also knowing who am I hiring and why. Right, right. You know, I need to hire, hire somebody not because I want to get out of doing something that's uncomfortable, but more what's going to bring the bigger return to my business and it might not be having somebody do the calls but for me for now it might be me doing the calls still yeah but it might be somebody else doing something else well i'm excited for you to, to check out the call scripts we have in our system this is a really cool part yeah that you can set up and, and have uh to where it like shows where you can put in kind of how to ask a question and then fill out the, the thing and that goes into the system yeah. So it's more of a conversational, not a check this stuff off or whatever. Right. I'll, I'll be putting that to you. That's a that's a good stretch goal. So by the end of July, stretch goal is to have a plan in place for hiring. And yeah, I like that. And I guess before we go, uh, I'd like to ask, is there anything that you need help with right now that somebody listening, maybe with experience, maybe that's gone through it, could you know I, I just thought of this recently that we could do this kind of segment where right you know in, in the future see you didn't get questions beforehand like, like right might in the future to be able to plan for what they might want to ask for help with so i'm kind of putting you on the spot so if there's nothing yeah. that really comes up you know that's cool but if you have something that you would like to get help with that somebody out there maybe has the experience has been through it and got some pointers that they can send to you what would that that ask be honestly really what i really need right now is i need to have a better understanding of what tools others are utilizing for their teams i mean i i, I know i need a good dialer i know that i need to have a good crm and all that kind of stuff but what's working for people what's not working for people what experiences have people had? I mean, I know that there's, you know, there's a hundred different CRMs out there and a hundred variations of even some of those. But, you know, what CRMs working for people, what dialers working for people at this scale? Right, right. You know, what's working for somebody who's, you know, bringing in, you know, 20 leads a day isn't going to be what's going to work for somebody who's bringing in 20 leads a week. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, no. cool. and if anybody wants to, to help you with that or, or share what they're, what they're using, 
how can they get a hold of you? The best way to get a hold of me would be either to give me a call, and that's 801-413-3616, or you can drop me a text message at that same number, or even uh, email me at shane.hakala at sorenhome.com. All right, and that's H-A-K-A-L-A. Correct. All right. That's that's correct. And you can also find me on Facebook and just Facebook message me as well. Right. You know, and, and then the podcast again was Surviving Me Podcast. The Surviving Me Podcast, yeah. Every week. Um, we haven't, because of the whole COVID thing on my shutdown, we haven't recorded in about a year now. Okay. But we have like 15 episodes out right now. Oh, nice. Very nice. So very cool. Are you gonna start doing some new episodes again or? We are going to do some new episodes here real soon. I just got to get with Don and check with his schedule and make sure that everything's still lined up on his side and make them happen. Nice. You know? Yeah, go ahead. And then I just also wanted to throw out there that with my contact information, I'm always happy to bounce ideas back and forth off of other people. You know, sometimes your failure could be my lesson as well. That's awesome. Yeah, thank you, Shane. And uh, this... Uh, what was I going to say now? I was going to say. <laughs> Let me try to remember here. All right. I felt like there was something important to, to end out here with. Um, yeah. So they know how to reach you and they know about the podcast. And really, just, I guess, the, I wanted to, that's what it was. It was just to, to say that what you've done with the struggles that you had last year to, you know, to, to really fight out of that, get out of that and, and work your way to where you are now is really, really cool. I like, I like that. And, and that you got on the show to share that and to yep. share like what you're working through uh, is really big of you. So thank you. Yeah, not a problem. I mean, we, we all have our struggles and I, yeah, I agree that nobody's going to pull you out of your struggles other than yourself, but sometimes just knowing other people have that same struggle is a, that motivation to help yourself right yeah for sure all righty well thanks and keep in touch i want to find out whether you when you get that uh, the planning done for the hiring and yeah way to, to grow in that business yeah cool. have a good one yeah thank you for having me yep talk to you later yep all right, I just want to mention really quick, if you haven't taken advantage of the No Lead Left Behind framework that we're offering up for free, you should go ahead and download that. That's going to show you how you can look at your deal funnel and see where the improvements can be made and, and to show you some steps to make improvements to turn more of the leads that you're getting into deals. Head over to ForefrontCRM.com slash No Lead Left Behind forefrontcrm.com slash no lead left behind. Go ahead and head over now and get that while it's still there. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.